for checking out this message from Springmount Church. For more information about us and what we do, visit our website, springmount.church. Why not check out all the different groups that run throughout each week in Barrow and on Walney? And join us every Sunday from 11am at Salt House Pavilion in Barrow Infernos. If you would like us as a church to pray for you, please email prayer at springmount.church or sign up on our website for monthly news straight to your inbox. Okay. Have you ever sat in a, a lesson at school, either recently if you're young or when you were younger, and heard the phrase, pass it on, pass it on. You know, somebody might have passed you a note and you might think it's saying, I love you, but then they say, pass it on, you've got to give it to somebody else. Or maybe it's just, you know, some sort of whispering game where you pass it on. Uh, here in, in the building in the morning, we can listen to Jake Salter in our ears. That's why we have these things, just to listen to what Jake has to say. And sometimes he has information to pass on. And if we take them out, we don't hear it. But today in our series, I wanted to hold that thought of, Psst, pass it on. Because today we're talking about multiplication. In our house, we have a few, I think they're magical surfaces. I don't know why, but you might have them in your house as well. Maybe as I talk, you can say, yeah, we've got one of those. There's one in our kitchen. And uh, I don't know how it happens, but at one point you see there's an empty cup, a dirty empty cup on the side. And about... Ten minutes later, you can look, and there's a cup, a bowl, a plate, another cup. And then, like, later in the day, there's more. It just multiplies as you put them on the surface. I I, I don't know. I wish that actually they would multiply inside the dishwasher because that would make life a lot easier, wouldn't it? But anyway, maybe maybe it's in your bedroom. I know Joel has got a floor in his bedroom that multiplies Dr. Pepper bottles. He puts one down, and there's loads of empty ones. Or... It might be my socks. I know I sometimes take my socks off. You've heard that before. And maybe they multiply. Today, we're talking about multiplication. So for those mathematicians amongst you, you may be thinking we should have started with that because the rules are bid mass, aren't they? Brackets, indices, and then division and multiplication, addition and subtraction. Well, we're breaking the rules. We're doing multiplication third because actually it fits in well. But 14 times... In the book of Genesis alone, the word multiply is used. The 14 times in just Genesis, just that first book of the Bible, it talks about multiplication. It is the very first command of God. It is the very first thing that is instructed by God. Genesis chapter 1 verse 28 says this, Then God blessed them, that's man and woman. He blessed them and said, Be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and govern it. Reign over the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, and all the animals that scurry along the ground. So there is the first command from God. Be fruitful and multiply. I don't think God was after the human race suddenly learning their times tables when he said it. I don't think he was thinking, go off and do some maths problems. Be fruitful is much more fun than that. Be fruitful and multiply. The first command of God is to be fruitful and increase, to increase in number, to multiply. What is fruitfulness? 
What is fruitfulness? The dictionary definition is it's a state of being extremely prolific and productive. Fruitfulness is being prolific and productive. So during lockdown, the first time, I seemed to become a bit prolific and productive in making banana bread along with the whole country. And actually, as I made it, Ross suddenly started finding more and more bananas for me to use to make banana bread. And actually, it was very, very nice. But I had to stop that because not only was it multiplying the banana bread, it was adding the inches to my waist. So God's first command in the Bible is to be fruitful. So let me ask us all a question this morning, including me. How today, in November 2020, are we bearing fruit? Where are we bearing fruit? How are we bearing fruit? Where are we seeing fruitfulness? Where are we seeing productivity? In Genesis, God said it to Adam and Eve, be fruitful and multiply. He said it to Noah, be fruitful and multiply. He said it to Abraham. He said it to Jacob. He said it to Joseph. Over and over again, God says, be fruitful and multiply. Now, God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So if he said it that many times at the very beginning of this book, surely, actually, it's something he wants us to be and do, to be fruitful, to be prolific and productive in what we do. Over and over again. I have occasionally tutored maths. I'm currently tutoring my wonderful niece, Rebecca, maths, and she did really well in her last test, well done, Rebecca. And actually... I can always remember when I was a junior school pupil. I know some of you might struggle. Corey's wondering how I can remember that far back in life. I can remember what was drilled into me at junior school in maths was learn your tables. Learn your tables. Every night we had to learn our tables. You know, number bonds is another one when I became a teacher. You know, what plus what equals 10? But multiplication tables were so important. And, you know, there's even songs in musical about addition and multiplication. Hans Christian Andersen has the inchworm song where they sing two plus two is four, four plus four is eight, eight plus eight is sixteen, sixteen and sixteen is thirty-two. That's not multiplication, but it is, it's fruitful, isn't it? Because it's increasing in number. And actually, multiplication tables were important. They were pretty boring. They weren't the most exciting. So that when I was a teacher myself... Someone had started putting them all to music. I don't know how that quite worked because the, the tunes weren't that memorable. But the idea was maybe children will sing tables. But to learn times tables was important because actually now I've learned them, I can recall them really quickly. I can be really productive in my maths tables because I know multiplication. But one thing I do know is that if you multiply something... With nothing, what do you get? Nothing. Well done, Corey. Well done. Go to the top of the class. If you multiply something with nothing, you end up with nothing. If you end up with nothing, that's zero. That's nada. That's zilch. That's nout. If you're trying to go through life to be productive and fruitful, and you're using nothing to do it, then actually the end result is going to be zero. Nada. Zilch nothing. If you multiply something by one, what do you get? You get the same thing you started with. So I think that's saying with multiplication, if you try it on your own, just you as one person, you'll end up with the same you started with, 
Just you on your own. However, we have a God that is three in one. The beginning of the book of Genesis says that God the Father was there, that the Spirit was hovering over the waters, and in the book of John it says the Word was there, that's Jesus. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, three in one. And we as Christians, or if you're not a Christian today, we have a chance to multiply with him. Because when we multiply with the three in one God, the end result is going to be greater. It's going to be greater than what you started with. If you have nothing, then you multiply with nothing, you end up nothing. If you only multiply with just yourself as one, you'll end up with just yourself. But today, we can accept the God who loves us, the Son who died for us, and the Spirit who wants to dwell in us. And we can multiply by that three in one. And we're going to end up with something far greater. That is the willing, of, that is the invitation of God this morning. And I believe, here's a statement that you might agree or disagree with, but I believe the Bible and history proves it to be true. That to be truly fruitful, to be truly multiplying life, we can only do it with God at the heart, with a triune God, with a trinity of God. So, in Genesis, multiplication was rooted in oneness. Man and woman becoming one with God at the center. Man and woman were meant to become one, to become fruitful, to be prolific and productive. Okay, that's to put it bluntly. But what is fruitfulness? Well, let me say this. Fruitfulness is rooted in intimacy. Fruitfulness is rooted in intimacy. Fruitfulness is rooted in relationship. It can't be done on our own. It's rooted in relationship. And fruitfulness flows out of love in those relationships. It's no good being in a relationship and there not being love there. But God is love. So with God at the heart of our relationships, fruitfulness will flow out of the very love that lives in me and you. It might seem really hard at this moment in time to be fruitful in relationship when we're struggling to meet up with people. It might seem really difficult at the moment to be fruitful without face-to-face. It might seem like that's a really hard thing to do, to not have that face-to-face contact with one another. And I know people have shared that with me, and many people watching right now might say, yes, Johnny, I'm struggling without that coming together, without that contact. But actually, I want to say this this morning. As a church, we believe that connect groups are vital. We believe that our connect groups are discipleship groups, are groups that support one another. We believe that the way our church has grown and how we multiply is through those connect groups. At the moment, they can't happen physically. We're not allowed to. But they are still happening. And guess what? We are seeing some fruit still in those house groups because there is relationship even online. People who've persisted with those connect groups have seen God grow in them, have seen the ability to share joy, to share difficulties, and to be supported by one another. Because that connect group, even though it's not together and face-to-face, it's still discussion. It's still connection. It's still good and godly conversation. And it's still 
relationship. It's still relationship. And one thing it most definitely still is, is a route to discipleship. Let's stop making excuses. If you were in a physical house group before all this coronavirus happened, then don't make excuses about it being virtual. If you were in a physical house group and you enjoyed that meeting together, don't stop. What does the Bible say? Don't give up meeting with one another. Don't stop joining. Don't stop doing those things. Don't make excuses just because it's virtual. Because everything is pretty much virtual. When you watch a television program, it's virtual, it's one way. But a house group, a connect group, is a discussion, is a connection, is a relationship, is an opportunity to grow and be fruitful together out of relationship and intimacy. So get online and talk with one another. Get online and let fruitfulness flow out of our relationships. Because then we can fulfill that command at the very beginning of the Bible to be fruitful. If you aren't in a house group and you've never been in a house group, join one. (laughs) This is an easy time to be in a house group. You don't have to get out of your pyjamas if you don't want to. You can just dress from the top up and you're fine. You don't have to leave the house. You don't have to travel to where you're going. You don't have to do anything. It's an easy time to connect with one another. Join one. And let fruitfulness flow out of the relationships. So the first thing I want to say this morning is, God says at the beginning, go and be fruitful and multiply. What does he say? Psst, pass it on. Pass it on. Grow and be fruitful. In that case, it was pass on your DNA. You know, go and have children. Go and make babies. And grow as a culture. But sometimes multiplication can have a negative impact. Psalm 16 verses 1 to 6 say this. Keep me safe, O God, for I have come to you for refuge. I said to the Lord, you are my master. Every good thing I have comes from you. There's a statement, isn't it? Every good thing I have comes from you. We've seen Sue say she's debt-free. That good thing has come from being in a relationship with Cap, with God, with Jesus. Every good thing I have comes from you. The godly people in the land are my true heroes. There's a statement. The godly people are my true heroes. I take pleasure in them. Verse 4. Troubles multiply for those who chase after other gods. I will not take part in their sacrifices of blood or even speak the names of their gods. Lord, you alone are my inheritance, my cup of blessing. You guard all that is mine. The land you have given me is a pleasant land. What a wonderful inheritance. Troubles multiply. Is that the sort of multiplication we want this morning? No. Troubles multiply. How do they multiply? For those who chase after other gods. Troubles multiply for those who chase after other gods. Multiplication of troubles is not something I want to chase after. I think I've shared with you before a long time ago that once when I was a student, a friend of mine worked for Kodak, the film and camera company. And she said, would you like to earn 20 quid by doing a job for me? And as a student, I said, yes, please. That would be very nice. I could get myself at least four McDonald's, or probably in those days, I could probably get about seven McDonald's with that, actually. 
prices have gone up, haven't they? Prices have multiplied. Anyway, the Kodak brand at the time had these little cuddly toys. There was a red one, a yellow one, a green one, a purple one, a blue one. And they were called Kodak Colorkins. And if you bought so many film, rolls of film, you could get this little cuddly toy, the Kodak Colorkin. So she said, I need you to come with me to Southport for the day, and I want you to dress up as a Kodak Colorkin, okay? I was dressed up as the red Kodak Colorkin. Okay, and I was in this photo shop in Southport, and the idea was that people would come in and have their photo taken with me. Bit creepy. I was dressed as a Kodak Colorkin, they couldn't see who I was. And actually, not long after I'd arrived, I'd gone in the back room, I'd got changed into my outfit for the day, when this woman runs across the road from the beauty salon opposite, and she comes up to me, she goes, it's you, Phil, isn't it? It's you, Phil, isn't it? And I went, no, because she'd seen me go in the shop. It's you, Phil, isn't it? She wasn't thinking it was my brother, Phil. And so I, I walked around this shop trying to get away from this crazy lady, and she was just coming after me. It's you, Phil, isn't it? It's you. Go on, take your mask off. Take your mask off. Give us a hug. It's you, Phil. It's you, Phil. I'm like, really isn't. Really isn't. Oh, take your mask off. It's you. And she would not stop. She badgered and pestered and chased after me to find out if I was the person she thought I was. She thought I was somebody she knew. So in the end, after all this badgering and her trying to give me a hug, I just went, and she just went, oh, I don't know if it was my face or whether it was just the fact that she'd totally embarrassed herself. But she went, I'm really sorry, and ran back out, and we didn't see her again for the rest of the day. She was convinced I was somebody called Phil. She came after me, saying, you're Phil. I want to get, I want, I want a laugh with you, Phil, because I know who you are. But once I, once she chased after me, and realized I wasn't who she thought I was, she suffered embarrassment. And I'm sure the people in the camera shop teased her for many days afterwards. It wasn't a big trouble, but in chasing after something that she thought I was, she ended up with a trouble. It multiplied her trouble. When we chase after the wrong things in life, even things that we might think are okay, we can end up multiplying troubles, sometimes troubles that we may never shake off. I was thinking as I thought about this, Is it Cooper's Hill in Gloucester, Joel, where they do the cheese rolling? Something like that. Gloucester is known for the cheese rolling. Is it Cooper's Hill? Something like that. It is something like that. It was in a quiz. I should know. It wasn't on the chase, so I'm okay. Cheese rolling. They roll this hill down this steep hill. The hill down a steep hill. They roll the cheese down a steep hill. And loads of people go and run after it and one guy has run it, won it about three times in a row and he's a bit mad and he's broken bones he's done all sorts of things but people have been seriously injured chasing after something that really is not important they've gone down dangerous terrain desperate to try and get to the cheese and they've hurt themselves sometimes with permanent damage why chase after that when you can chase after the good Why chase after something that really doesn't matter when actually you could end up with a trouble that is difficult to shake off? And troubles will multiply troubles. When you multiply a trouble by another trouble, you're going to end up with more trouble. David, in this psalm, goes on to say, but you, Lord. He doesn't say, I'm okay, Jack. He says, but you, Lord. You are my inheritance. You are are my cup of blessing. You guard all that is mine. Think of everything that's yours right now. God is the guard of it, if you give it to him. Stop chasing after stuff that will bring trouble. 
What do we see in David here? We see confidence. What's his confidence in? His confidence is in God. Because he's seen God time and again come through for him. He's seen God there for him. He's seen that he can trust God. He's so confident because he has a relationship with God. It, confidence comes out of that relationship of love that brings a promise of inheritance, that brings a promise of more to come, that brings a promise of something greater because you're multiplying by a three-in-one God, that brings a promise of blessing and protection. People often question the relevance of the Bible today. How can that be relevant? A book that's thousands of years old, how can that be relevant in Barrow in Furnace in 2020 at all? Well, the last verse featuring multiplication is found at the end of Matthew that was written thousands and thousands of years after Genesis. And Jesus' last instruction to his disciples before his ascension is very similar to God's first instruction to the first man and woman. It says this, verses 16 to 20 of Matthew 28. It will be in the NIV, Corey, so you'll be able to put the right version up. Then the 11 disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations. Go and be fruitful and multiply. Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. As they saw him, some worshipped and some doubted. These are Jesus' closest followers and friends. Some worshipped and some still doubted. Do you know, this morning it's okay to have doubts. The Bible shows us it's okay to ask questions. It's okay to not be sure. But one thing we can be sure in is that God will never leave us if we've asked him to be part of our lives. He will never leave us. He is with us to the ends of the earth. And Jesus' command is the same as the Father's. Go, be fruitful, multiply. Multiply what you've been given. Increase, go and see more and see greater. We cannot multiply with nothing. And we cannot multiply really with just ourselves. If we want to see greater, if we want to see more, we need to multiply by the God who says we can be fruitful. People all across the country are doing amazing things, aren't they? They're doing amazing things. They're being helpful. But Jesus said, don't just be helpful, be fruitful. Go and multiply. Share this good news. Share this message so that others can rejoice in knowing the God who loves them, the Jesus that saved them, and the spirit that wants to live in them. What a multiplication that is. Times three. That's pretty impressive, isn't it? When you multiply something by three, triple what you had is worth having. But God can do even greater. Multiply, be disciples, and be discipled. Connect groups, and see others multiplied and be fruitful. Don't just keep it to yourself. If you're a Christian today, Jesus' command to you is, don't just keep it to yourself. It's good news. It's great news. 
that we have somebody willing to be greater. In connect groups is one of the best places, church, to do that. Or in small groups, there are lots of little discipleship groups happening. Do you know, this command is the same as the one that started it all. This command here is still relevant thousands of years later. And this command here today is still relevant thousands of years later. If you're a Christian, go. Be fruitful and make disciples. How do we do that? Exactly the same as the first man and woman. It comes out of intimacy with God. It comes out of relationship with God and others. And it flows from a heart full of love. So that's where we finish today. Multiplication, go, be fruitful. That's where we finish, go, be prolific. Be productive, but not on your own and not with nothing. But because we are multiplied by being united with the triune God. How do we connect to God? Because Jesus died for us. And this morning we can say sorry for the stuff we've done. We can say thank you for the life that's been given. And we can go from today onwards knowing that he is with us always. Because Jesus died to connect us back again to the God that will multiply if we allow him to. To the God who will live deep within. And we are multiplied because of intimacy, relationship and connection with one another. But more importantly, with the God who loves. So I finished where I started. That's appropriate, isn't it? This morning, Genesis finished with, that that verse in Genesis begins with, go, be fruitful, multiply. Matthew's gospel finishes with, go, be fruitful and multiply. And today I started with, pass it on. Today I finished with, guys, if you're a Christian, if you've got the good news, pass it on. Be fruitful and multiply because it's good news. It's greater news. In fact, it's the greatest news. Greater than anything you could expect because he is a God who says, go, be fruitful and multiply. Let's pray. Father God, I pray for this morning and what we've heard and what we've spoken. And I pray, Lord, that we will take to heart this message. I pray, Lord, that if we were connected before, we will reconnect now. I pray, Lord, that we will see our connect groups overflowing with people desperate and hungry to talk, to be intimate and relational with each other, to be able to say, I want to be fruitful in life. I want to grow in you. Father God, I pray, Lord, that we will see people hungry for your word and living a life of multiplication, of fruitfulness, of productiveness. Father God, I just pray for those who are watching today who do not know Jesus. I pray, Lord, that they will know that all they need to do is say yes to him. All they need to do is open their arms and he will come running in because he stands at the door and knocks and waits. And this morning he says, I love you. I don't care what the past has been. I love you. I want to be in your future because I love you and I died for you. So we just need to say, I'm sorry for the stuff I've done and I thank you for the life that you give. And I want to choose today to live my life going forward with a God of fruitfulness. I don't want to live my life trying to multiply with nothing. I don't want to live my life just multiplying myself. But I want to live my life with the fruitfulness of God. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen.